When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This podcast is intended for an adult audience and does contain some very graphic descriptions of sensual scenes. So please only continue to listen to this podcast if you are willing to indulge in your deepest desires under a suitable age. So tonight, on this bonus episode of Wild in Bed, you can enjoy a second bite of the cherry from the pages of Rituals and Ruins, the epic anthology of dark paranormal romance by some truly epic wordsmiths. I don't know about you, but I kind of prefer the second bite of the cherry. (laughs) It's a little sweeter and juicier on my tongue. You know, if you want to enjoy more tingling your panties than Tinkerbell, then get over to your favourite online bookstore now and pre-order your copy of Rituals and Ruins. For just 99 cents. Because you know in just a few weeks, when that book is released, the price goes right the way up. Or just follow the links in this episode's notes. Hi, it's Devlin, and welcome to another episode of Wild in Bed. Your destination for salacious stories, sensual satisfaction and finger-licking good fantasies. Now you know this podcast is best enjoyed laying on your bed. Go ahead and loosen your clothes. Put your earbuds in. Close your eyes. And surrender to the pleasure of my voice, caressing over and inside you. And when you're ready to surrender to pleasure... Just go ahead and take a nice deep breath and hold it for a moment. And then release it with a sigh, letting go of any tension, any stress. For the next 20 minutes or so, it's just you and my voice. This is your time. Your time to relax. Your time for sensuous satisfaction. Your time to discover your dirtier inner passions. As you listen to my voice and feel the story moving through your body as you enjoy tonight's show. And so, what say you? We start with a little bite and get our teeth into some vampiristic dark romance. Such as Slayer versus Player. By Andy M. Long Okay, come with me, Mr. Youngblood. She pointed the way to the sitting room. Call me Luke, please. He said, his voice full of polite charm. Ah, 
He'd not talk to me in that voice. Fake-ass twat. As they moved away, I raised my middle finger up behind his back. But it gave me a whiff of my own armpit. I really did stink. I made my way upstairs and back to my room. Retrieving my toiletries and towels I had bought from home because I'd forfeited clothes to get the towels in my limited luggage. I pushed open doors until I found a bathroom. It had been cleaned, thank goodness. There was no shower, just a sink and a bath. The water ran slowly and stayed cold. There was a lot I could put up with, but cold water wasn't one of them. I ran the bath and then spelled the water to be of an ambient temperature. And when I climbed in and sunk down below the surface of the water with a happy sigh, as the water soothed my weary bones, did I really have to hurry and get downstairs? This was just so nice. Unfortunately, my nosy nature would not let any meeting with the vampire happen without me, so I washed and dried myself quickly. I was even more irritated with him now that he'd cut short my gorgeous hot bath. The tide mark around the tub showed just how dirty I had been. Look, house, I like to be dirty in the bedroom, but not around the rest of the room. I quipped. Suddenly the tide mark evaporated. As I left the bathroom, my sister's voice carried up the stairs. Rory, what have you done this time? The whole house has just cleaned itself. I didn't do anything, just cracked a joke. Looks like the house took me literally. I shouted back as I pushed open my bedroom door to see that the room was now covered in dirt again. Get down here at once so we can properly receive our visitor. She demanded, prioritizing deodorant. I then rifled through my suitcase, chose some clothes and got quickly dressed. With a super fast brush of my hair, I put my slippers on and went downstairs, joining my sisters and our visitor in the sitting room. Sorry for the delay, I announced, walking in dressed in my Buffy the Vampire Slayer onesie. I watched as Sasha put her head in her hands. Though no, you feel a need for something a little darker, maybe. Mm, something positively hellish. <laughs> or oh, what about when heaven and hell collide? As they do in Ariel Dawn's heaven knows. Even the blur of hints of demonic possession. Hellborn demon Endor longs for a life beyond processing souls in Hell's admissions department. He wants to stretch his wings and roam the earth as a contractor demon to hold souls in the palm of his hands. The days are endless in the heaven of Valori, an angel who dreams of the kind of romance she reads in the book she borrows, waiting for someone to sweep her off her feet. When a lost soul comes between heaven and hell, Endor and Valori must put their differences aside and learn to work together, all while fighting against their celestial duties.
and their darkest desires. <laughs> Got you throbbing a little bit? <laughs> oh, so you'd like some more? Well, okay. My fingers fidget with the pearls that dawned on my ivory dress, and I catch Matthew sneering a glance at me, which stupidly makes my heart skip a beat. Maybe this dress wasn't a bad idea after all. Then I feel it. The shift in the air like death is coming. The scent of fire and brimstone accompanies them. And as they walk through the room, I can't help but gape at the sight of them. I've never seen a demon before. Sure, I've heard stories, both when I was alive and being up here in heaven. But I didn't expect them to look so human. The woman is dressed in a tight red dress that hugs every curve of her body, breasts that swell, giving the most ample cleavage and legs that look perfectly smooth. Her dark hair falls over her shoulders and coupled with the blood-red lip, she looks like a vampire from a romance novel rather than a demon. Mercy strolls with the other demon, and my heart catches. His arm is around her waist, and she looks all too trusting, too comfortable with him. He's tall, like the other demon, and has the same dark features. Black hair that is swept back, to look oddly reminiscent of the greaser style men wore in the fifties. His suit is well tailored, but his jacket is draped over his free arm, and I take note of how his shirt sleeves are rolled up to the elbows. His arm around Mercy boasts a full sleeve of tattoos and a well-defined bicep muscle, and I find myself wondering where his tattoos begin and end. My gaze travels upward to meet him. He looks at me like he can see right through me, past my flesh and blood, and right down to my soul. The realisation is both terrifying and strangely satisfying. I shake my head, trying to rid myself of the weird onslaught of feeling, and focus on the task at hand. I'm just out of sorts today, and I need to get back to square one. Now, we all know that erotic shifters do passion better than anyone else. And this anthology does not disappoint. You have so many shifters. Your mattress will be positively dripping. Like Alpha Ritual by Scarlet West. Caden pounced on me. And I didn't know how, but in one fell swoop, he pinned me on my back to the soft forest floor in a clearing with a little snow. His jaws opened and he nipped me on my neck. He kept his jaws open, his sharp canines grazing my furry flesh as a warning. His golden eyes blazed with a fury and lust. In a flash, he shifted back to human, but his expression remained the same, pissed. His sharp-edged teeth clenched and his wide eyes drilled into me. Every inch of our overheated, damp bodies moulded together. He caged me with his sculpted arms next to mine, his hard shaft pressed into my belly. You disobeyed Aila. 
He nipped my neck, sending goosebumps over my bare breasts. Without my glasses, his face remained fuzzy, but I could make out general shapes, and I could see the movement of his eyes as he searched my face and peered down my frame. I need to punish you for leaving, Isla. You put my pack and me at risk. Didn't you hear it the first time, that you're the solution to stopping my pack from dying off? I wiggled underneath him, trying to escape his hold. He was a killer. It was crumbling my resolve to stay away from him. My attempt to wriggle free only served to rub against his firm, muscular body and to spike the temperature in my already fiery body. He collared my throat and snapped his teeth. Oh no you don't. Not again. You're staying with me. You and your wolf. Under his hot body. The chilly air didn't get to me. I'd never been near a male in such proximity, and certainly not with my nude body moulded to his and certainly not against what I sense with my skin, to be a perfect alpha male specimen. Heat ripped through me, my womb spasmed with the need for his potency to flood my channel. My chest heaved, creating friction against his smooth, round pecs, and making my nipples painfully bead. But I pushed the sensation away, that's why you kidnapped me. You planned on having your pack kill me. Isn't that right? He sniffed the air. A devilish smirk ticked up on his full lips against my better sense. I wanted those lips to kiss me. You wouldn't have come willingly. So I had to take you. I'm going to take you back to the compound and lock you up better. Tell me, Wolfling. What kind of punishment should I give you for not following my alpha orders? Overwhelmingly need surged through my blood as his husky voice asked me. I rubbed my core against his thigh, which had settled between my legs. My dear, I need Caden more than I needed air to breathe. I croaked out. Take me back to your room. How is it fair that you kidnapped me from the laundromat? and expect me to submit to you sacrificing me? How is that okay? Well, <laughs> let's try something a little different. Mm, a little bit more shifter, shall we? Yes, I know, I can feel it. I can feel that throbbing just starting between your thighs. So let's do some more shifter. Like Beauty and the Tiger by Terry Wilson. Fiona's fears changed to rage. She would not lose her father like she had her mother. This was her fault, not his. It was her bad luck that finally caught up to them. She would pay off his debt. She took two steps closer to the man in the shadows. You have a dungeon in a casino. What kind of people are you? We are people who believe in rules. She stepped closer. Do you also believe in mercy? Let us go and we will never come to your place again. You cannot prove we cheated and the small amount of winnings we earned couldn't compare to the income you have for this place. You cannot call what you've won earnings 
because you cheated. Your father knew the consequences. Fiona, don't worry about me. Your sisters will need you. You are the strongest and must take care of them, Biddy said. Fiona turned her head to Biddy. We are leaving this place together, father. You do not owe them anything because you didn't cheat. Luck is different from cheating. She snapped her head to the man in the shadows and took two steps closer. I can't believe you are taking the word of an American who has been here once over regular customers. You should be ashamed of yourself. She stepped closer. Do not come any closer to me. Perhaps if you are so sure your father wasn't cheating, then maybe it was you. You are the cheater and should stay with us. Fiona's body shook so much she wanted to crumble. In arguing to save her father, she opened the door for this man to blame her. She wanted to grab her father's hand and run, but she knew they would not get very far. Biddy was a leprechaun, and his luck would certainly return. She was born unlucky, and would never be anything else. She took her father and smiled. All the fear left her body. In a heartbeat, she made a choice. It was the only way she saw this ending with her father safe. Though they had not technically cheated, they were using magic, and most feared magic. Come into the light. I have the right to face my accuser. You do, but I'm not sure you want to. She clenched her hands and put them on her hips. If you are bold enough to accuse me, and my father of cheating, then you are bold enough to show us your face. He let out a loud sigh. Very well, but first confirm that you are staying in your father's place. I will stay. No, Biddy screamed. You can't do that. The door opened and two attendants took Biddy's arms and pulled him out of the room. Tears streamed down Fiona's cheeks, but she made no noise and held her ground. Her eyes were glued to the shadows, but nothing ever prepared her for the beast that stepped out of the darkness. I asked to see you. I want to meet the eyes of the cruel monster who destroyed a family, Fiona said. He walked on two legs and a tail swished behind him. Striped fur covered his body, and instead of a man's head, a tiger's head sat on his shoulders. Fiona's shoulders slumped and her knees buckled. She braced herself on the table. You, you are not a man, Fiona whimpered. No, I am a beast. And now, now you are mine. And where would a paranormal romance anthology be without a salacious witch or two to turn that sexy dial up to the max? And just like in The Wicked Return by Calizé, she'd always wanted to experience portal magic. But something more colourful without spooky vines trying to choke her or stab her. The sight of blood smeared on Dylan's hand gutted her. She'd rip those damn thorns apart the next chance she got. They'd injured him because of her. 
A strange energy moved them out of the dark tunnel and into a room with brick walls holding several impressionist paintings and wax wooden flooring that creaked when she stepped. An antique desk sat against one wall while old bookcases lined the opposite wall. The portal closed off, replaced by a wooden door. The only exit out of the room, unlike the fresh air of the verdant vista, her lungs struggled to breathe in here. Something felt off. The room seemed like it battled to breathe. Where were they? Sana twirled a long finger, and the vines around Ariana's neck hissed and retracted, becoming a giant mass of vines that resembled a brain, hanging beside her like an evil chandelier. Dylan tried to examine her neck, his fingers brushing against her skin. She tingled from his touch, and her reaction surprised her. This wasn't the time for sexual attraction, but she couldn't control the way her body desired his. It looks fine. Heat skipped along her skin. More vines grew from the grotesque chandelier. Long tentacles twined up and over her and Dylan, forming a massive cage. Sharp thorns shot out from the intertwining vines. Sana stepped up to the vine wall that separated them and gripped one of the thick stems of the cage. If you're trying to break out, the thorns will kill you, and it won't be a quick or painless death. Just saying. I've heard about you. You murdered all those innocent people. Ariana said, recalling the stories Matari had shared. What do you want from me? Sana's lips curled. You'll find out soon enough. Matari should have killed you. Akolta snarled at Ariana, revealing sharp fangs she hadn't noticed before. From what Ariana had learned, Sana hated the apothecary's mission and had disavowed her Zintaken lineage. Why had she chosen the Dark World over Matari and her sibling witches? Glaring at Ariana, Sana whipped an electric blue bolt in her direction. But Dylan jumped in and blocked it. The power slammed into his gut, throwing him to the other side of the cage. A thorn stabbed into his back. The pain splashed onto his face. Wincing, he moved away. Immediately, Ariana regretted her taunting words. Dylan was innocent in all of this. He had nothing to do with Sana's vendetta. He shouldn't even be here. Ariana rushed over to him. Are you right? She glanced at his back and yanked out the thorn the size of her thumb. It had punctured through his coat, which she removed for a better examination. The thick suede of the exterior, the interior sherpa lining, and the sweater he was wearing had prevented the thorn from puncturing deeper into his muscles. Well, I hope your thighs are tingling now. Mm, with a paranormal desire. Mm, just remember, you can head over to your favourite online bookstore and get your claws into rituals and runes. While it's still only 99 cents, you know you won't regret it.
So, why are you still here? Until next time, my delicious listener. When we can get wild in bed all over again. This is Devlin Wild. Wishing you salacious dreams. <laughs>